Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Freedom, victory, the court system, and the Constitution, and everything that is right about this country, that you are supposed to be innocent until proven guilty, happened in Kenosha. Of course, the left is saying you better brace for trouble. Police on alert as night falls in Kenosha, and the anarchists of the left are saying we're not done. Rittenhouse, not guilty. And it's time for him to sue the hell out of the media. I want to remind you what the media said about Rittenhouse. And I want you to remind you how evil the media is. The media wanted to turn Rittenhouse into a Trump-supporting white supremacist. They wanted to use him and this case right before the election to say, don't vote for Donald Trump because these are what Trump supporters look like. Was there any connection to Donald Trump? No. They said he was a racist. He said he was a vigilante. They said he was an anarchist. He was none of those things. Remember, Joe Biden jumped on this gravy train too, indicting Rittenhouse with his words when it happened and afterwards during the campaign trail. In fact, today, you had the president of the United States of America who was asked about his Rittenhouse comments because he played judge and jury and slandered Rittenhouse just like the others did in the media. Let me remind you of what some of the things the president of the United States of America actually said. When the president was asked about this guy early on, he had no problem implying that he was some sort of horrible person. Quote, there's no other way to put it. The president of the United States refuses to disavow white supremacists. On the debate stage last night, remember when he was playing the race card just to give you a mindset of where Joe Biden was right when this happened in Kenosha. 
They wanted to make sure that they turned Rittenhouse into a white supremacist. And this is what Trump's people are, even though they had no connection to actual Trump supporters or the presidency. It doesn't matter. Joe Biden even did a one-on-one at the time with Anderson Cooper. Talked about how terrible Rittenhouse was. How awful it is. How this guy's randomly running around just shooting people, right? It's the guy running for president. They needed to use this. There was no other. They had to use it. It was a must. The verdict in Kenosha, in fact, these are the exact words of Joe Biden, will leave many Americans feeling angry and concerned, myself included. Yeah. Biden reacting to the Rittenhouse verdict, quote, the verdict in Kenosha will leave many Americans feeling angry and concerned, myself included. Why are you concerned? The guy used a gun to protect and defend his life. You got to understand, this is what mob culture looks like. This is what tyrants do. They attack innocent citizens, and even after they're innocent, they still say crap like this. The president's exact words, the verdict in Kenosha will leave many Americans feeling angry and concerned, myself included. So in other words, what? You decide he's not guilty, even though a jury said he's guilty or innocent on all charges? You've decided that he's guilty, I should say. Let me clarify this. The president's basically implying that Rittenhouse is, in fact, guilty because you wanted mob vigilante justice. You wanted the same thing that the Taliban does. Drag him out in the street and off with their head. Hang him. Shoot him. We decide on the left who's guilty and innocent based on the narrative we want to teach you. We want to tell you because we must use issues like this to drive a wedge in this country so that we can win. You want to know why Joe Biden put out this comment today? Quote, the verdict in Kenosha will leave many Americans feeling angry and concerned, myself included, because he needs something to distract the American people from the dismal failure, which is his presidency. And this is a great place to start. It's exactly what the media did. Let me remind you of all the scumbags that deserve to get sued. I hope Rittenhouse wins millions. I hope he wins billions of dollars. I hope he gets the best lawyer out there. I'd go with the same team Nick Salmon had, and I'd own every one of these scumbag, evil members of the media who slandered you with lies, the things that just weren't true because they wanted to make sure Joe Biden won an election. Kenosha shooter Kyle Rittenhouse, he murdered two people, by the way. He didn't. He didn't. Sewer. He didn't. You didn't murder anybody. Self-defense. Vigilante. Not a vigilante. Jury of his peers says, no, you're wrong. Sue her. House is basically what you would have had in a school shooter. Sue him. Scumbag on MSNBC. Sue him. I hope Rittenhouse gets every dime they have. He's a 17-year-old kid. He shouldn't have had a gun. He crossed state lines to supposedly protect property. No, he was going out to shoot people. Kyle Rittenhouse. That's a lie. Sue him. Rittenhouse, the 17-year-old vigilante. Kyle Rittenhouse, a vigilante. Sue him. Kyle Rittenhouse, the armed teenage vigilante. Sue him. 17-year-old vigilante. Sue him for every dollar. Arguably a domestic terrorist picked up a rifle, drove to a different state to shoot people. Sue him. He's not a domestic terrorist. He didn't cross state lines with a gun, and he had the gun legally. Sue every one of these son-of-a-you-know-whats. Paul Rittenhouse, (laughs) a guy who's deeply racist, went with weapons to a Black Lives Matter protest, looking to get in trouble. He did. He murdered a couple of people. Sue him. Sue him. The Young Turks right there, sue him. Rittenhouse, uh, the 17-year-old kid, just running around, shooting and killing protesters. You see this. Sue 
Joe Scarborough and win. 17-year-old who was radicalized by Trumpism took his AR-15 to Kenosha and became a killer. Sue him. Sue that guy on TV as well. And, of course, trying to connect him to Donald Trump before the election, right? These are Trump supporters. This is what you get. Sue him. White, Trump-supporting, MAGA-loving, Blue Lives Matter, social media uh, uh, partisan, 17 years old, picks up a gun, drives from one state to another with the intent to shoot people. That's not what he did. He lied. Sue him for slander. A 17-year-old boy Mm. who drove across state lines with an AR-15. That didn't happen, Joe Scarborough, and I hope they sue your A-double ass. And started uh, shooting people up. That didn't happen either. Sue him. Including a guy with a skateboard. Kyle. Sue him. Rittenhouse, who has killed protesters, unarmed protesters. Rittenhouse, a 17-year-old that went with a weapon into the middle of uh, protests uh, and then provoked people and then shot and killed them. Kyle. Sue them for every dime they have. Rittenhouse is the enemy. A boy. Kyle Rittenhouse, the enemy? Sue him. From out of state, drives up to the state with an AR-15 around his neck, shoots and kills a couple of people, uh, shooting wildly, running. Didn't, wasn't shooting wildly, Sue Joe Scarborough. Around, uh, acting like uh, rent-a-cop. Drove. Sue him. He didn't run, he didn't cross state lines with a gun. You're slandering him, sue him. Across state lines, armed with a rifle. Sue him. That's a lie. He didn't cross state lines with a firearm. That's slander. Sue this one, too. To go and shoot people. What a dog. Again, he didn't go to shoot people. He went to go protect people and property, and he got attacked. Sue every one of them. Mark, uh, a dystopian scene where a 17-year-old boy is carrying around a rifle, running around and, and gunning down protesters. Didn't happen. Sue Joe Scarborough. Every one of these scumbags deserves to be sued for every single thing that I just played for you. Every single one of them. This is a 17-year-old child, by the way. 17-year-old child. Sue every one of them. You do this to a child, sue them all. And get every dime you can get out of them. Whatever you can, take it all if you're Rittenhouse. Own these scumbags. They will never stop until you make them pay financially. What happened with Nick Sandman was clearly not enough because they did it again the next time they found a white 17-year-old who they wanted to ruin his life. And that is exactly what they just did. They tried to ruin his life. You look at this president of the United States of America, shame on you. Coming out saying to yourself, well, I'm going to have a hard time with this? Really? That's how you want to describe it. You want to you imply the kid's guilty even though he's innocent. Al Sharpton getting all woke on TV today because remember, this is good for business. Anytime you can throw down some race card, it's good for business. He said the message from the Rittenhouse trial is vigilantes can go to protests and kill people. Talking about being racist. Just so you know, it's not racist either. He didn't kill anybody. Sue, by the way, he didn't, he didn't murder anybody. Let me say that differently. 
He did. He, he killed a couple people in self-defense, yes, and that's why he was found innocent on every charge against him. Girlfriend of Kyle Rittenhouse, she came out today. She said that he was blanked by the system, and that's a problem. I couldn't agree more. Ted Williams, African-American law enforcement agent, said on TV today, there's really no winners in the Kyle Rittenhouse case. I totally agree with that. You ruin this kid's life. He's going to have to go into hiding. He's going to have to look over his shoulder. He's going to have to get lawyers. He's going to have to have protection, and he's got a target on his back. He's probably going to have to move. And even if he gets a bunch of money, He's still walking around the rest of his life with a name that everybody's going to remember, Kyle Rittenhouse. Kyle Rittenhouse family spokesman said this about the not guilty verdict. Nobody's spiking the football on this because this family has just been repeatedly attacked and the president got in on it today as well. Let's bring back David Hancock, who's a spokesman for uh, Kyle Rittenhouse and the family. David, it's good to be with you. I wanted to ask a couple of questions. First of all, uh, we know that Kyle has left uh, the court uh, and is headed for a location unknown. Uh, What is he up to now? How is he feeling about the verdict? We saw him break down, uh, you know, a lot of emotions clearly uh, that were running through him as the jury read off the verdicts. We saw him hug his his counsel as well. Uh, What is the plan for the rest of the day for him? Spend time with his family. Uh, It's been a long road. It's been a long, it's been a hard road. I mean, this family has been been just repeatedly attacked and uh, with no basis in truth. And now he can be a free, he can be a, I mean, he can be just a young man now. Um, yeah, so I think he's just going to spend time with his family, and they are just ecstatic that it came down this way. But, I mean, nobody is spiking the football on this. This brought up a lot of issues, at least this case brought up a lot of issues, and specifically to your last speaker's point as it relates to the prosecution. I mean, this needs to be looked at. The conduct of the prosecution in this case and the re-narrating and the revisionist history as we went through this case was despicable um, and just horrendous. And still, the jury came to the proper and the just verdict of a not guilty across the board. David, um, this is Sandra. I'm, I'm sorry if my colleague John already asked this question, but have you spoken to Kyle since he since the verdict was read? I did not. Uh, he was taken out the back door and taken off property quite quickly with his family um, just have to the, get out of this. Have any of them relayed area. to you what what he said or what he's had to say since he left the court? Uh, I looked at Kyle and he looked at me and uh, it was just one of those, um, you know, finally, finally, like Kyle gets to start his life as a young man, as a innocent, as an acquitted, as a not guilty young man who clearly, clearly defended himself when he was attacked. And uh, that, I mean, that came out for the past two weeks. And that is what 
thank God that the jury came to and they noticed. Hey, uh, David, uh, we're probably going to need to take a break in about a minute and 30 seconds. Briefly, don't go away because sure. we want to play back some tape of the president returning from Camp David, who was asked about this. But you, you said that Kyle gets a chance to get back to his life. But I mean, you know, his life is never going to be the same. No, it's not. Um, but everybody who knows Kyle, everybody's going to do everything we can to give him the most normal life that he can possibly hey, David, have. David, I'm sorry. Can you just stand by with us? Uh, I, gotta, I just got to say this real quick. He knows this. And you notice that, that John Roberts said this, and he's absolutely right. There's no way he's ever going to have a normal life. It's it, this, His life is, is no longer his own. His life is over. The way that it was going to be will never be the same. And that's the reason why I tell you over and over again, sue these scumbag, pure evil people in the media that tried to ruin your life for every dime they have and win, and you will. The most disappointing part of this Rittenhouse trial was not just the media, but the fact that the President of the United States of America was willing to pander to try to get votes and to still divide this country, to try to get support, to try to get his approval rating up. Joe Biden returned to the White House. He was asked about the Rittenhouse verdict, and this is what the President of the United States of America decided to say. Well, look, I stand by what the jury has concluded. The jury system works, Sir, what is the state of your health, sir? What is the state of your health after this exam today? Good. They're going to release all the detail. I feel great. Nothing's changed. We're in great shape. So, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to celebrating my 58th birthday. That's it? You try to make a joke about your birthday? Stand by what the jury has concluded. The jury system works and we have to abide by it, he says. You don't want to say, hey, this kid deserves to be left alone? Because you're the one that was trashing this guy. Biden, you trashed Rittenhouse. You attacked him. You think the media's done with us? They're not. NBC News, Meet the Press host, Chuck Todd, had this to say after the verdict about all you gun-toting Americans. Uh, you know, no, it's pretty obvious to me, more people, the next time there's a, uh, a protest of some sort, and it may get politicized, that gun, o- gun owners with a certain ideology may feel incentivized now, may feel even emboldened. And that does seem to be an uncomfortable message that, that may be received by some. So let me get this straight. You want to convict people over what you think other people might do in the future if you don't convict somebody now, even if they're innocent. That is what NBC News's takeaway is from Kyle Rittenhouse being acquitted on all charges. You know, I'm going to get, I'm going to quote it here. Check the, and this is, this is scumbag. This isn't journalism. This is POS reporting. Quote, you know, it's pretty obvious to me. More people, the next time there's a protest of some sort, And it may get politicized. The gun owners with a certain ideology may feel incentivized now, may feel even emboldened. And that does seem to be a uncontrolled message that may be received by this. You're a POS. I'm sorry. I'm just going to say it. This is what you'll do to a child, a 17-year-old? This is it now? This is what you're going to say? 
Al Sharpton, the message from the Rittenhouse trial is vigilantes can go to protests and kill people. That's what you want to say? Andy McCarthy said it right. Andy McCarthy said this about the trial, and he's absolutely right. On Fox earlier, take a listen. All right. Thank you, Garrett. Let's bring back former assistant U.S. attorney for the Southern District of New York and Fox News contributor Andy McCarthy. You know, Andy, there was a, a narrative going about Kyle Rittenhouse. Well, there was two of them, really. Uh, there was one that, that he was out there uh, acting in self-defense, which the jury initially uh, were, which the jury ult- ultimately agreed with. And, but then there was this whole other narrative out there that he was a white supremacist, that he crossed state lines with an AR-15, which apparently didn't happen because the gun was actually in Kenosha at the time. Just as a litany of horribles about Kyle Rittenhouse, where people had come to conclusions about the case before uh, the first testimony was, was ever given in court. So now that we've seen this whole process unfold, what does that say about the rush to judgment in, in large part by politicians and, and by what was supposed to be a respectable media uh, going into this whole thing? John, I think it says what our constant lament is, and, and frankly, why I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be here, uh, which is that it's very hard anymore to try to find out what the news is. You know, there's so many outlets, unfortunately, that are bringing a lot of political and ideological baggage to news reporting. And like all of us, I have very strong opinions. I don't hide being a conservative. But, you know, I was a trial lawyer for a long time. Before you can make credible arguments about what the evidence is, you need to know what the evidence is. You know, it's really important in this country, if we're going to have a functioning democracy, that people can actually, with confidence, know what happened. And I think if you get to a point where news organizations that you used to rely on for at least that purpose shade everything that they report through an ideological lens or a partisan lens or whatever, whatever is uh, bothering them on that particular day, I think people lose faith in the idea that they can understand with confidence the, the, the actual news that we have to rely on uh, in order to make decisions in our everyday lives. You know what is amazing about what he's just saying, and I'm going to give you a perfect example of why what he's saying is absolutely factual. Facebook and Twitter actually came after us, and we were one of those that defended Kyle Rittenhouse early on last year. And we defended Kyle Rittenhouse, and we put up a meme of Kyle Rittenhouse, and they attacked us and said that our page was being threatened to be shut down, unpublished, because of what we put, which now immediately should go away. That's been on it. They also said our page uh, was going to have reduced distribution, meaning that we won't be able to reach all the people that follow us anymore as part of our punishment. Clearly now that should be taken up. Not going to happen. We have now been told that Facebook and Twitter are still silent on whether Kyle Rittenhouse support is still banned on their platform. Facebook and Twitter banned support for Kyle Rittenhouse across their platform shortly after the riots. After a jury in Wisconsin has now found Rittenhouse not guilty on all charges brought against him, those same platforms refuse to say if support for the teenager is still banned. So all those people that got silenced and shut up because they supported Rittenhouse early on, we're going to get an apology from Big Tech? I doubt it. You got to really take a step back just for a moment and think about this. Rittenhouse case and I want you to think about what he was up against he was up against big tech he was up against the media 
He was up against the president-elect and then candidate Biden and all of his supporters. He was up against virtually everybody that had power in this country. He was up against a overzealous scumbag DA. And as Ted Cruz put it earlier today, quote, we're a nation governed by laws and the Rittenhouse verdict reminds us we have the moral and legal right to self-defense. For months, the left unjustly tried to convict Mr. Rittenhouse. I pray now that those who wish to divide us don't use this verdict as an excuse for violence. Couldn't agree with him more on that point. You look at that prosecutor and it worries me how many others are like him out there. And if you want to remember, a lot of people forget. A lot of people forget what actually was happening. And the reason why Rittenhouse went there. They were burning down buildings, burning down entire blocks, burning apartment complexes. They even went after the Portland courthouse and burned it. Remember what happened when they burned down a church by the White House or caught it on fire. Remember that? Outside the White House, they were attacking Secret Service agents. The same protests that went and happened in Kenosha. This was happening all over the country. They were burning down everything they could get their hands on. And then they tried to turn the people that attacked Rittenhouse into some sort of victims. And they tried to turn into some sort of race war when it clearly had nothing to do with race. He's white and the three people he had to shoot to that were attacking him were white. Never forget the facts. The narrative that they tried to sell you wasn't anywhere close to what the facts were in this case. And they wanted to ruin and destroy his life. And I hope he sues him and I hope he gets every dime out of him he possibly can. I hope he makes him pay millions and millions and millions for all of these horrible people in the media that did this to a child. And even the President of the United States of America was in on it, too. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts 
of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Junie. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Part six of our deep dive expose into the new indictments coming now from the Durham investigation and the media, the biggest news day of the week on Sunday, they started to move into what we're referring to as damage control. Liberal media outlets have not been following what some in the media have decided to start doing, which is to delete bad information on the erroneous Steele dossier. Even the Washington Post now, quietly, is now correcting their own reporting. Now, ABC News, CNN, and MSNBC are among news organizations that that actually relied on the Washington Post's now-corrected reporting, yet they have not come out and corrected what they told the American people for virtually two years. Now, the Washington Post didn't do it like on a front page. We were wrong or we must correct this. They just went back to the online stories. And in those online stories, they decided to hit that pause button and and delete some of the erroneous still dossier reporting that they did. Now, the Washington Post was the lead on this. Don't forget that. Remember, this is, you know, this is Amazon, Bezos. They own this thing, right? This is pure propaganda. And liberal media outlets took the Washington Post reporting. Why? Why would they do it? Well, they're the Washington Post. The Washington Post is the same group of people that brought down the Nixon administration. They're the same ones that did the deep dive investigation into Watergate. They're the ones that, you know, that printed the Pentagon Papers. They're the most trusted name in D.C. So every other news organization relied on them, put it on them. Oh, well, the Washington Post is reporting, so therefore we can do what we want to do. Now, this weekend, you also had something else that happened. Representative Adam Schiff went on TV to take a few slaps. Now, I say a few slaps because that's really all that it was. It was very clear that the Biden administration, now with their connections directly to the Steele dossier, needed a distraction and kind of needed this thing to go away. And how do you get to go away? What you do is you say, well, all right, here's the deal. Uh, you need to go on TV and we'll get you to go on TV. And then when you do go on TV, what we'll end up doing is we'll kind of tell everybody that, well, some of this was wrong, but you can just say, well, a lot of it was right. And then we get to check the box in the media that we covered the fact that this thing is completely, totally full of crap. It's been totally discredited. And you you can spin it how you want to, but we need you to come on TV because for two years, three years, four years, Not only do we help you sell this thing, we were a part of the conspiracy to overthrow the will of the people. So this is what some refer to as a confrontation. Quote, meet the press, confront it. Representative Adam Schiff on the fake steel dossier. 
Democrat Representative Schiff insists he doesn't regret pushing it. Now, if this is confronting, then 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 I'm sorry, but they haven't watched their own show when they're attacking people on the right. Go look at the venom that was being spewed at Trump for four years from Meet the Press and Chuck Todd over the fake reporting. Now, did he come on TV and say to the American people, we got it wrong? Did he come on there and say to the American people, I'm sorry that we got this thing so wrong? Did he come on TV and say, I apologize for misleading you? I apologize to former President Donald Trump for undermining and slandering his entire administration for the entire time that they were in office? Of course not, right? Why would you do that? Because if you really are retracting this and you really are admitting that what you did was wrong, then you would have no problem saying it this way. You should start your show by saying we like to say here at me and BC News and meet the press to former President Donald Trump. We are sorry. We got this story wrong. We relied on the Washington Post, throw them under the bus for this reporting. And we were wrong and we were unfair to you the way that we dealt with things. We are sorry. You could do that. You could say that. And then you might have some credibility, but they're not. Instead, they act like they are the conveyors of truth and only truth and so they're going to ask the tough question right they're going to ask the hard question and go well adam Schiff, do you regret pushing something that was wrong that's it and then we get to close this book and move on i want to ask you something about the steel dossier because it has been in the news for a lot of uh other reasons including some questions about its validity by the way i love how he says that some questions about its validity it's not some questions folks the fact is, and it's confirmed now, there is no validity to the Steele dossier. Don't say some questions about its validity. The only reason why it's in the news right now is because of the fact that there is no validity to the information. That's a fact. Plain and simple. We wouldn't be talking about this right now if it wasn't for the Durham investigation indicting the people that created the dossier for lying about what's in the dossier. Don't 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 sit there and, and tell me and think I'm stupid enough to buy this crap checked out where you say, well, it's been the news this week for for some questioning the validity. No, it's not even questioning. It's a fact. It's not true. The Steele dossier is not true. It's the Clinton dossier. We need to stop calling it the Steele dossier. We need to call it the Clinton dossier. Some questions about its validity. Uh, I want to play some uh, recent uh, uh, pre a sound that you had on the Steele dossier over the years. Take a listen. According to Christopher Steele, a British, a former British intelligence officer who is reportedly held in high regard by U.S. intelligence. When you look at just what has become public, uh, some of the public information is very much in line with what is reported in that dossier. The most significant thing to me is that Christopher Steele may have found out even before our own intelligence agencies that the Russians were in fact aiming to help Donald Trump in the election. As chair of the House Intelligence Committee, do you regret giving some credibility to the Steele dossier before? Hold on. He just says, do you regret giving some credibility? You didn't give it some credibility. You, you, you preached it like it was the gospel. You didn't. You, there wasn't a moment where you said, look, we need to be careful here. We need to pause here. We need to take a moment here. We need to step back and look, there's certainly some concerning issues, but we also need to check the validity. That's not what that's not what they did. That's not what the media did, by the way. None of them did this. They all went the completely opposite direction on this. Don't don't act like this was a, you know, well, we, we played both sides of it. You didn't. 
you didn't play both sides of this at all. You were 100% all in on it. You were 100% moving forward with this and, and to sit there and go, well, should you have paused a little bit? There was no pausing here. Give me a break. There was zero pause, folks. No pause at all. Don't tell me there was a pause when there wasn't a pause. You guys ran with it and you wanted to run with it because you wanted to destroy people's lives. And that's why you did it. You did it to destroy and to, and to, and to put people in jail. You did it to overthrow the will of the people. And this idea that, you know, now I'm going to ask Chuck Todd, I'm going to come out of this, you know, your comments. I'm going to ask you this question. Do you regret it a little bit? Give me a break. As chair of the House Intelligence Committee, do you regret giving some credibility to the Steele dossier before anybody had been able to verify anything in that? A lot of those clips were done before there was any good verification. Look, there's some news organizations that made the mistake of publishing this dossier without verifying it. That's a separate conversation. With those. I, I love this. Well, there's some media organizations. Uh, let's go with all of them. You're, yours included, by the way. NBC News put the dossier out there. You're on NBC News right now. You guys ran with the story, and you ran with it for four years, and you used it to impeach the president, to undermine the president. Now you're trying to separate yourself from it, acting like you weren't a part of the mob that was trying to take down Donald Trump, that you weren't a part of the conspiracy to overthrow the will of the American people and who they voted for. NBC News was in on it now, and they're trying to act like they weren't. Listen, listen, listen to the way Chuck Todd says this again that made the mistake of publishing this dossier without verifying it. That's a separate conversation with those news organizations. By, by the way, NBC News, you really want to act like you were different? Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to fifteen hundred dollars again sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and game sense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park that's 1-800-GAMBLER I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Junie. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. 
to the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do we need to go back and look at the propaganda, look at the number of appearances that you had from people that were on your air saying that Donald Trump colluded with the Russians? The number of guests that you allowed to come on the air and to sell this crap and act like this was totally factual when it clearly wasn't? None of this was factual, and everybody knew, including you, that it was based on crap, and you did it anyway. You did it anyway. And the reason why is because you were part of the conspiracy to take down Donald Trump. That's what you did. Now listen to the response quickly of Adam Schiff. But you helped give it credibility. Do you regret it? I don't regret saying that we should investigate claims of someone who, frankly, was a well-respected British intelligence uh, officer. Uh, And we couldn't have known, of course, years ago that we would learn years later that someone who was a primary source lied to him. But what I love it there. Well, I don't regret it. You undermined the president of the United States of America. You tried to overthrow. In many ways, you did. You were successful. You undermined him to the point where he didn't get reelected. You damaged his presidency to the point where the country was straight up divided on this. And you guys kept saying... He's a Russian. He worked with the Russians. He colluded with the Russians. The last election wasn't fair. You guys did it, and so did NBC News. And for NBC News to do this interview and act like they weren't a part of it, give me a break. Liberal media outlets, like I said, have not followed the lead of the Washington Post. They were forced to correct their erroneous steel dossier reporting claims. They just did, you know, little hey updates on their major stories they had on their website. And the Washington Post not only corrected, but also removed large chunks of its own reporting on the anti-Trump Clinton dossier. And let's just start calling it that. Friday, middle of the night, admitting, quote, it could no longer stand by the accuracy of those elements. Their words, not mine. ABC News hadn't changed their reporting. MSNBC hasn't changed it. MSN, or CNN hasn't followed the Post lead on their erroneous reporting. It still remains uncorrected. The mainstream media was always united in their unverified reporting. For one reason. They were in on the conspiracy to overthrow the will of the people and declare that former President Donald Trump was somehow compromised by the Russians when in reality it was Hillary Clinton, her campaign, and the DNC. Here's how Fox had it this weekend when they broke the story that the Washington Post was pulling their stories on the Steele dossier. A major walk back from the Washington Post, a paper correcting and retracting large portions of two articles based on the now discredited Steele dossier. A Post media reporter explaining that the piece, quote, identified a Belarusian American businessman as the key source of the Steele dossier, a collection of largely unverified reports that claimed the Russian government had compromising information about then-candidate Donald Trump. Executive editor Sally Busby said the Post could no longer stand by the accuracy of those elements 
of the story. Here now to react, Fox News contributor Joe Concha. Joe, good morning to you. You know, I described it there as as a major correction, but what's shocking to me is this entire story, Joe, has completely fallen apart as we all knew that it would. It, it, it was largely built upon a falsehood, on lies, and I think it's been relative silence from the mainstream media about this revelation. I'm amazed, Will, that they even counted on the dossier in the first place, right? I'm old enough to remember in 2016, this was pitched around to every major news organization, whether it be Fox News, whether it be The Hill, whether it be Politico, I could go down the list, and almost nobody touched it, almost no one except for BuzzFeed and CNN. That got it out into public domain, and off it went. Uh, but but the removal of the parts of the, the Steele reporting uh, from this initial report. It's a start, but almost no one's going to see that. We know that, right? And the right. damage is already done, to your point. If the Washington Post and New York Times were truly serious about getting it right, the Pulitzers they won would be returned. And you remember Dan Rathergate, right? It's 2004. Rather and producer Mary Mapes had put out a false report on 60 Minutes about George W. Bush's National Guard service just days before a tight election. And after that story was decided to be a crock, was decidedly proven to be a crock, CBS conducts a thorough investigation and Rather's fired along with his producer and Mapes. No such investigation investigation here, Will, is going to be conducted by any news organizations here because there are no real standards anymore, no accountability. And again, the damage was done, means to an end. Three years of a presidency exactly. were consumed by this tall tale conjured up by the Clinton administration. In fact, you know, Will, the liars get rewarded, right? Rachel Maddow, MSNBC, the biggest narrative uh, in terms of the megaphone of this narrative. And we hear now there's a bidding war for her where CNN is considering hiring her away with a substantial raise. That didn't go through, but now she's even more attractive to certain news organizations. Adam Schiff, gets a multi-million dollar book deal and still hilariously claims that this collusion occurred in that book and he'll continue to be the Michael Avenatti on two-thirds of cable news despite him being completely disproven uh, because that's just the way it works now. Such a good point, Joe. The damage is done. A presidential election was swung. Rachel Maddow showered with between 20 and 30 million dollars, awarded themselves Pulitzers based upon a complete fake story. Again, the media not correcting this. They can't correct it. They're terrified that if they correct it, what's going to happen? If they correct this story, it is going to be so damning to their credibility that I think at this point they finally just decided, we'll just look the other way. What, what else can we do? We'll just act like it was true, and then we'll blame the Washington Post. That's how we'll pull this off. You know, you look at what the Wall Street Journal said this week, and it was a brilliant article that they put out saying that this Steele dossier should be called the Clinton dossier, not the Steele dossier. You look at the Washington Post, the Hill now reporting this morning. Washington Post removes large portions of two stories in the Steele dossier. Quote, the Washington Post was forced on Friday to amend and eliminate Major parts of two stories the newspaper did regarding the Steele dossier in light of the recent indictment and new reporting. A story published in March 2017 and one in February of 2019. So think about the distance, almost two years apart. That connected Source D in former British intelligence analyst Christopher Steele's dossier to a Belarus-American businessman, Sergei Milan, were corrected and had portions of the story removed. An editor's note appeared on each one, providing notes that the articles had been amended. That's it. That's how they fix this, right? The March 2017 article identified 
Milan is source D, and source E is different in, in different areas of the Steele dossier, including identifying him as source D behind a claim that Russian intelligence learned that a hotel room in Moscow once was used by former President Obama and his wife was defiled by President Trump hired prostitutes, according to the Washington Post. The dossier said that Source E also substantiated the claim, though the newspaper said that those allegations have not been proven true, you think? The Post also reported on a February 2019 story, which ran with a headline, Belarus-born businessman sought proximity to Trump's world in 2016, discussing the man's involvement in some business activities of the former president. Analysts, Duchenko, who was indicted earlier this month, helped put together the information for the Steele dossier, which should be called the Clinton dossier at this point. Duchenko's indictment alleges that the, the analysts might have received information regarding these salacious claims in the 2017 story from an operative of the Democratic Party from Hillary Clinton and her campaign instead of Milan, according to the newspaper. The Post that it also was the post that it was also not clear if Milan was source D in the dossier based upon a recent review and interview with one of the two sources cited in the March 2017 article. So in other words, the Washington Post can put this out there and run with it for years and years and years. And now they just get to point the finger at somebody else and say, well, we were lied to by multiple sources, not really our fault. So we're not going to say we're sorry to Trump. We're not going to apologize for misleading you, the readers. We're not going to we're not going to say that. We're just going to say we got duped our bad. As a result, it created doubts amid the new reporting, the Post writes, and indicated that after the indictment regarding the publication of the two stories, the executive editor, Sally Busby, said, according to the newspaper, we needed to make the corrections. When asked for comment, a spokesperson for The Washington Post directed the Hill newspaper, to an editor's note that was put on the 2017 story. This is what it read. The original version of this article, published on March 29, 2017, said that Sergei Milan was a source for parts of a dossier of unverified allegations against Donald Trump. The account has been contradicted by allegations contained in a federal indictment filed in November 2021 and undermined by further reporting by the Washington Post. As a result, portions of the story and an accompanying video have been removed, and the headline has been changed, the editor's note read. The original account was based on two people who spoke on the condition of amenity to provide sensitive information. One of those people now say the information, the new information, quote, puts in grave doubt that Milan was a source for parts of the dossier. The other declined to comment. It continued. So the Washington Post doesn't have to be held accountable for this because it's not our fault. Other people lied to us. We just gave you the best information, stuck with it for four years, undermined the president, tried to overthrow the will of the people, and now we'll correct it. We're not going to say we're sorry. Okay, everybody calm down. Not going to say we're sorry. We're not going to apologize to Trump. We're not going to apologize to our readers. We're not going to run a full retraction on page one. We're just going to update the online story. In fact, if you buy the Washington Post, you wouldn't even know this happened if you get the real newspaper because it's not in the real newspaper, just so you know. This goes back to exactly why the Wall Street Journal has now come out and said the Steele dossier should not be called the Steele dossier. It should be called the Clinton dossier. Howard Kurtz 
on Fox put it this way brilliantly. The indictment of Igor Danchenko, the key source for the tarnished steel dossier that was intertwined with the investigation of President Trump in Russia, triggered this admission from the Washington Post. The paper said in today's lead story, the allegations cast new uncertainty on some past reporting on the dossier by news organizations, including the Washington Post. Yet despite the enormous media attention to the Russia investigation, including the dossier, the NBC, ABC, and CBS Evening Newscast ignored the Danchenko indictment yesterday. Danchenko was charged with lying to the FBI about false information he fed to former British spy Christopher Steele, including unsubstantiated and salacious accusations against Trump. Danchenko allegedly fed some of his falsehoods to Charles Dolan, a former Clinton administration official. The FBI has said it launched the Russia probe before seeing the Steele dossier, but in a wiretap application for former Trump advisor Carter Page, the bureau used the dossier's claims. Fox News covered the story extensively. There were obvious red flags with the dossier from the very beginning. For one thing, Christopher Steele was working for an opposition research firm called Fusion GPS, which was funded by the Hillary Clinton campaign. CNN and MSNBC did not cover the story after 5 p.m., except for Rachel Maddow, who had relentlessly trumpeted the investigation. This report comes uh, in in the midst of a concerted attack on Christopher Steele himself from Republicans in Congress. They're alleging that he was basically peddling false information. And last night, she slammed special counsel John Durham's case. The unmistakable impression is that this indictment is designed to smear Christopher Steele's intelligence reports as things that were deliberately made up and concocted by rascally Democrats. The Steele dossier may seem like a mere footnote in the incredibly complicated saga that once dominated our national politics. But now that its wild charges are being further discredited, many in the media have lost interest. You want to know how much they've lost interest? CNN's Brian Skelter. He is the guy whose entire job is to police (laughs) the media, tell the stories about the media, the big stories that happen each week. He has a history of ignoring stories that would make Democrats and liberal news outlets, organizations like his own, CNN, look bad. It's a bombshell media story in the media world that the Washington Post had to go back and correct years and remove large chunks of its own reporting on a discredited Clinton dossier. Americans, by the way, rely on CNN, right, for their news. They pushed this for four years. I know I was there the entire time fighting back and defending Trump and defending these ridiculous allegations. CNN's media program is called Reliable Sources. If you watch that show... You wouldn't even know any of this happened because they ignored it. It's ironic it's named Reliable Sources, right? They claim to examine, their words not mine, the top media stories every Sunday. So the Washington Post, adding editor's notes, amending headlines, and removing sections of major stories that didn't make the cut when it came to truth were actually cut by CNN. The post-corrections came as other news outlets, including CNN, have criticized, have been criticized, I should say, for failing to adjust reporting 
after the special counsel Durham's investigation, the Trump-Russia probe has further discredited the already shaky dossier, now the point where people are getting indicted. Reliable sources, right? Which got a pretty big audience, 645,000 viewers last week. Granted, that was its smallest audience of the year. Ignored the scandal because it made Democrats and CNN look bad. Instead of covering the Post's massive and significant corrections because they were in on this collusion with Russia, CNN and Skelter were in on it from day one. They wanted to bring down Trump at all costs. They didn't care what lies they had to tell you. Instead, you know what they did? Instead of covering this issue, CNN treated viewers to segment after segment about Steve Bannon. Yeah. They did segments about Brian Williams leaving MSNBC. They did a segment on Steve Bannon's podcast. Whether or not Americans should believe inflation headlines, even though inflation is real. American journalist Danny Finster being jailed in Miramar. And Britney Spears in a local newspaper fighting to survive. That is what they reported on during their media watchdog show, Reliable Sources. Skelter avoided the significant media story on his program because it didn't fit. They don't want to tell people that they lied to you, and they don't want to tell people that Donald Trump is innocent and that the people that were around him that were harassed and their lives were being pushed, people were trying to ruin their lives. That's really what we're talking about here. People were trying to ruin their lives, and people's lives were ruined financially, certainly. They just wanted to look the other way. That's all they wanted to do was look the other way. Look the other way at all costs and make sure that we never tell people that we lied because we ultimately got what we wanted. We got rid of Trump. That was our goal and we accomplished it. We did it. That was the objective and we accomplished it. Why would we tell you that the entire thing was a fraud? Why on earth would we tell you that the entire thing was a fraud. It's the same thing they did with Rittenhouse, by the way. There's no difference here. Look at how they've attacked Rittenhouse. You know, the media is bracing for the closing arguments in that trial. Why? Because they know they lied to you. They said the guy was a white supremacist murderer who wanted to, you know, was a Trump supporter, even though there's nothing to back that up. Doesn't matter, right? Because this is what we do. Now the media all weekend long was saying the only reason Rittenhouse will walk is because the judge sucks and he's white. That's what they're now saying. I don't see how anybody can say that this judge is not biased and is not leaning in a certain direction. I think that the behavior of the judge in totality is the problem. This judge is an absolute joke. He's been a joke from the very beginning. Clearly, this guy has biases that are affecting the administration of this case. I completely agree from my observation that the judge is entirely biased. The judge is making it pretty much impossible for the jury to actually consider all the facts and come up with a, um, a verdict where justice will be served. You've tweeted and talked about the fact that the judge is racist. And you think that impacts how he is managing this trial. He has made a series of decisions. Each one perhaps may be individually defensible, but in totality lead to the impression of a biased, racist judge. Biased and racist. 
So a white guy shoots people in self-defense. A white guy shoots white guys in self-defense. Not even, not black people. White people in self-defense. And we don't like the outcome because it's the white guy that defended himself after convicted felons who had illegal guns pointed the guns at him and tried to kill him and he defended himself all caught on tape. Well, it's a white racist judge. Fits a narrative. Let's keep going with it on national TV all day long. With his Trump rally cell phone um, uh, that is trying to get Rittenhouse uh, a walk. God I mean, bless the USA ringtone, which is no, the Trump rally yeah. theme song. It appears that this guy, yeah, I love this, right? You got the guy's ringtone goes off. It, he's a guy that represents his country. He serves his country. He has a ringtone that is about God bless America. God bless the USA. And now they say it's a Trump ringtone. This is how much they hate America, by the way. This goes back to exactly what I'm saying, connecting this with this Clinton story. They hate America this much. You need to understand that. This is how much they hate America. They despise America. They cannot stand America. You're now the worst person in the world. The worst person in the world. If you love America. And if you're a judge who doesn't convict somebody of a crime that the media says you need to convict them of, you're a racist judge and you're a Trump judge and you're evil. They've just moved on from the Clinton dossier straight into this. This will be the new controversy in Kenosha. When I when when Rittenhouse and the and the jury comes back with their decision, if they don't get what they want, this is what they'll say for months. They'll use this as an election issue. White kid walked. He killed two white people that attacked him. Nothing wrong with that. It's called self-defense. Judge is auditioning for the cameras and looking for his next gig on Fox News. He sounds like he's watched too much Bill O'Reilly. I mean, he's acting like Archie Bunker in there. When the judge asks the entire room if there are any veterans here and demands that the entire room clap for a veteran, and the one veteran in the room happens to be the expert witness coming forth to testify on behalf of Kyle Rittenhouse, that's an example of a pretty biased uh, courtroom. How the guy talked about the lunch order? I don't get it. The I, Asian I, joke? I don't get it. I don't know that he even made an Asian joke. Well, he, I know that I'm not allowed to judge it because I'm not Asian. The judge has had so many moments in this case that bring into question his own biases. Whether it's the ringtone, whether it's the Asian statement, whether it's the applause, you didn't mention the applause for a defense witness because he was a veteran, those things really no. impact people's feeling that that this is a courtroom that we can have trust in this guy maybe you know legally he's right about things i've been listening to the legal folks but certainly his demeanor the way he speaks to the prosecution the way he looks at kyle rittenhouse like as his grandson i mean come on america he looks at him like he's his grandson i mean you want you, you want to talk about insanity this is the media don't ever trust them. Look at whether it's the Clinton story or the Rittenhouse story. They do the same thing over and over again. They decide their narrative and they stick with it regardless of the facts. And they don't care if you burn in hell because of it. They don't care if you get the death penalty because of it. They don't care if you get locked up for the rest of your life because of it. They don't care. They don't care.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Failure after failure after failure. That is now what is happening with the Biden administration. And it seems that this week may actually be the worst week on record for the Biden administration as we are now starting to see cracks within the Democratic leadership. Why the Biden administration just sold offshore oil leases has made a bunch of people angry. Yeah, they've already broken that campaign pledge. They're also saying we need to investigate the rising prices of oil and gas in this country, even though they're the ones that caused the problem by shutting down the Keystone Pipeline and refusing to be energy independent. We'll deal with that also in a moment. Democrats are also upset right now because vaccine mandates don't seem to be working. In places like Vermont, for example, where they have one of the highest vaccination rates in the country, they're seeing a huge outbreak. And COVID injections are also continuing to fail nursing homes as they continue to uh, admit that there may be other ways to fight COVID outside of just the vaccines. Now, Representative Arrington on the Biden requesting an investigation to high gas prices is the biggest head-scratcher of the day. We know why high gas prices are here. The reason why they are here is one simple reason, because Joe Biden abandoned energy independence for the Green New Deal. 
for the woke, we got to save the environment plan that he promised. And now people are very angry about it. But before I get to all of those headlines of failure, one of the biggest shocks today is this. Top Biden aide Jake Sullivan is now under serious fire by Democrats amid the Durham indictments and the botched Afghanistan exit. Now, if you listen to the five, now actually six-part series, I should say, into the Durham investigation with Hillary Clinton in our podcast, you know how big of a deal it is that Jake Sullivan, now the national security advisor, the top-level person in the Biden administration is directly linked to the indictments in the Durham investigation. You know how damaging this is directly to Hillary Clinton. We've got new news now. The Democrats are starting to throw him, Jake Sullivan, under the bus saying, maybe he's too toxic, get rid of him. The White House National Security Advisor, Jake Sullivan, is not only already under fire for his role in the disastrous U.S. withdrawal from Afghanistan, but Democrats seem to be okay with that because they were hell-bent on getting out of Afghanistan no matter how many Americans were left behind, no matter how many people were tortured or killed, no matter how many translators and people that worked for the American government we left behind to be destroyed and tortured and beheaded and dismembered by the Taliban. They stood by him, but they now may use the disastrous U.S. withdrawal from Afghanistan as now a reason to get rid of him because of his connection to Hillary Clinton, Russian collusion, and the Clinton dossier. Democrats are now saying it's probably time for Sullivan to resign amid questions about a suspected connection to the debunked claims of collusion between Russia and Donald Trump's 2016 presidential campaign. Multiple reports surfaced last week and this week that Mr. Sullivan, a longtime confidant of former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton, a two-time presidential hopeful, is now the foreign policy advisor named This is a fact, not up for debate. This is a fact. He is the person named in the latest indictment. He is the, quote, foreign policy advisor named in special counsel John Durham's indictment last week of Democratic lawyer for Hillary Clinton, Michael Sussman, charged with lying to the FBI about what he knew about Mr. Trump and Russia and Hillary Clinton's campaign. Citing well-placed sources, Fox News first reported that Mr. Sullivan is the advisor in question. The news report appeared to tie Mr. Sullivan directly to the Clinton campaign's effort to amplify the Russian collusion narrative, which they created out of thin air during the height of the 2016 presidential race. Mr. Trump had fiercely denounced those charges, and the Durham investigation is now showing us, and his work suggests, that some of the key sources who helped spread that story in the first place not only are not credible, but lied to the FBI. If the dots and the suspicions are accurate, the Jake Sullivan revelation would link directly the 2016 effort to the White House, where Mr. Sullivan is President Obama's top security advisor and frequent spokesman for the administration policy in the media. It would also seem to contradict Mr. Sullivan's claim to Congress in 2017 that he was, quote, unaware of the source of one of the most explosive accusations about Mr. Trump involving collusion between the Trump Organization Business Empire and Russia's Alpha Bank. We all know that was a lie. 
The White House has tried to brush aside questions this week about Mr. Sullivan's involvement in the entire ordeal. Yet Democratic insiders are saying privately that they are extremely worried now about the Durham probe and the possibility that's targeting Mr. Sullivan, which would mean it would target the Biden White House. They're now saying maybe it's time to throw him under the bus and blame it on Afghanistan, and that's how we get rid of him. In other words, he'll be the sacrificial lamb. Now, questions about Mr. Sullivan's credibility were swirling long before the indictment last week of Mr. Sussman. Jake Sullivan is the youngest National Security Advisor in six decades. He was also deeply involved in the administration's handling of the U.S. military withdrawal from Afghanistan this summer, which we know what happened. The hasty withdrawal paved the way for a rapid Taliban takeover of the country and left American citizens and Afghan allies stranded inside the country despite Mr. Biden's repeated assurance to the contrary. We know that people have died because of the decisions made by Biden and by Sullivan. Democrats are now saying maybe that's what we use is the premise for getting rid of him. Republican leaders citing the misreading of the Afghan situation and mishandling of the final pullout say Mr. Sullivan is not fit to serve as a national security advisor. Senator Josh Hawley, Republican from Missouri, told the Washington Times, quote, Jake Sullivan led the the entire process that resulted in the disastrous withdrawal from Afghanistan. Josh Hawley is echoing his past calls for Mr. Sullivan to either step down or be fired by Joe Biden. Now more than ever, our nation needs leaders who are competent and who are trustworthy. Sullivan has shown himself to be neither. So it's time for him to resign, he said yesterday. Other Republicans now point to the growing list of controversies involving Mr. Sullivan, dating back to the attack on the U.S. diplomatic compound in Benghazi, Libya in 2012. Why is he connected to that? Well, at the time, Mr. Sullivan was a top aide to Mrs. Clinton, then serving as Secretary of State, during the terrorist assault that led to the deaths of the U.S. ambassador and three other Americans. He was the top aide to Mrs. Clinton when she said, what difference does it make about them dying being questioned in Congress. From Benghazi to then the disastrous withdrawal from Afghanistan, Jake Sullivan has been at the epicenter of the worst foreign policy crisis and decisions over the past decade. That's what Representative James Comer of Kentucky, the ranking Republican in the House Oversight and Reform Committee, said yesterday as well. Given this administration's tendency to create self-inflicted crisis, It's no surprise Jake Sullivan has been given a top post at the Biden White House. White House officials have said a little little publicly about suspicions of Mr. Sullivan's direct connection to the the lies from the Trump-Russian collusion story and possibly lying to Congress in 2017. Administration officials at the top have made clear repeatedly, at least publicly, keyword publicly, and repeatedly that they stand behind Mr. Sullivan. The problem is, internally, we're now being told that people are saying it's time for him to go. 
They say not only were the terrible decisions that he made and other key advisors listened to with the Afghan withdrawal, but it also did not make the president have any more faith in his team. Not sure I would agree with that. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hillary Clinton, by the way, does not want Jake Sullivan to lose his job at the White House because that's how she's getting her insider information. And as long as he is at the White House, the White House is going to do something to protect him because if he's on staff, they certainly don't want him to get in trouble or be indicted or anything else. Other Democrats are saying it's time to cut him loose because the risk now is too great for him that he could bring down Biden and others. Now, let me go back to August 17th at the height of the frantic U.S.-led airlift from the Kabul airport in Afghanistan. It was White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki that had to admit and acknowledge that the mission had, quote, resulted in some chaotic scenes directly contradicting Jake Sullivan just hours before. She also said this, but the president's confident in his national security team and their ability to get the mission done and get the mission accomplished. We now know that was a failure. That same day, Mr. Sullivan appeared before reporters and faced a lot of questions about the administration's handling of Afghanistan and the U.S.-backed Kabul government was crumbling in the face of an offensive by the Taliban insurgency. 
What did Sullivan say? He defended Mr. Biden's calculation that a withdrawal was better for the U.S. in the long run. Quote, when you work on any policy issue, domestic policy, foreign policy, any policy issue, the human cost and the consequences loom large. But President Biden had to think about the human costs of the alternative path as well, which was to stay in the middle of a civil conflict, which was to stay in the middle of a civil conflict in Afghanistan. In other words, we made these decisions knowing a bunch of people would die, probably Americans, and we're cool with it. Along with Secretary of State Anthony Blinken, Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin, and host of other officials, Mr. Sullivan had become a top target for Republicans who say someone must be held accountable, publicly accountable for the Afghan exit and the damage it did to the American reputation abroad. Congress held another meeting yesterday hearing from analysts and former commanders about what went wrong in Afghanistan. Don't worry, the media is not covering that, but we will. Even those not explicitly calling for Mr. Sullivan's firing say, quote, the White House decision-making process on Afghanistan, of which the National Security Advisor was a key part, needs needs to be thoroughly investigated. Quote, in order to be able to hold anyone accountable for the disastrous withdrawal from Afghanistan, Congress must conduct a thorough and comprehensive investigation which should include looking at decisions made at the White House, the State Department, the intelligence community, and the Pentagon. That's what the ranking Republican in the House Foreign Affairs Committee said to the New York Times yesterday. Meanwhile, the indictment of Mr. Sussman seems to suggest that Mr. Sullivan may have had at least some knowledge directly The Clinton campaign was deeply involved in pushing the Trump-Russia collusion story. The indictment said an unnamed Clinton campaign attorney exchanged emails with the campaign's manager, the communications director, and, quote, foreign policy advisor. That would be Jake Sullivan. About sharing the Alpha Bank accusations with an unidentified reporter. The indictment also said Mr. Sussman told the FBI general counsel, James Baker, that he was not representing a client during the meeting, but was there on behalf of the Clinton campaign. In October 2016, Mrs. Clinton tweeted a statement from Mr. Sullivan promoting a since-debunked claim about a secret computer server connecting the Trump organization to Alpha Bank. Now, that came directly from Hillary Clinton, just so you know. I want to read that for you again, because this is really important, or explain it to you, maybe a better way to put it. Hillary Clinton tweeted out a statement from her advisor at the campaign, her foreign policy advisor for the Clinton campaign for the presidency in 2016. And she tweeted out a direct statement from Mr. Sullivan, who was promoting... Something that he knew was a lie. A lie about a secret computer server connecting the Trump organization directly to Alpha Bank, which he knew was a lie. What does this mean? This is exactly what it means. His words in that tweet, this quote, this could be the most direct link between. Let me rephrase that. I want to make sure I get these words exactly right from Sullivan. His tweet was this this could be the most direct link yet between Donald Trump and Moscow Mr. Sullivan wrote in that statement 
Computer scientists have apparently uncovered a covert server linking the Trump organization to a Russian-based bank. The secret hotline may be the key to unlocking the mystery of Trump's ties to Russia. This line of communication may help explain Trump's bizarre adoration of Vladimir Putin. That is what Sullivan wrote in the statement that was sent out in October 2016 by Mrs. Clinton. So, now you understand it. Now you get it. Now you understand and now you get why Democrats may be folding on Jake Sullivan. This may be why they're doing it, folks. The reason is pretty simple. They want to make sure that Jake Sullivan, okay, is not used to bring them down. And if he has to go down on his own and we got to bury him to protect Hillary Clinton, to protect Joe Biden, to protect this White House, and we've got to use Afghanistan, that myth that we failed in Afghanistan, and say he's the guy that failed the president, he's the guy that failed us, I think what they're showing right now is, all right, well, so be it. This is the part I don't understand about Democrats that work for these scumbags. Look at their track record and look at their history. There is no indication, okay? There, there, there is zero indication, zero. Want to be clear about this, that they will ever protect and defend you. Once you become a liability to them, even if you're Jake Sullivan and you've worked for Hillary Clinton for the last 20 years and you get to the White House and you're the national security advisor for the president of the United States of America, Joe Biden, if you become too big of a liability, they will get rid of your AWS. They don't care. They are soulless. They have no soul. And they will do whatever they have to do to get rid of you. That's just the way it is, folks. And yet Democrats like Sullivan think that they're on the inside. They actually care. They don't care about you. They don't care about you. I'm just telling you. They don't care. So there's a good chance that Sullivan could be excommunicated from the Democratic Party. And they're going to use Afghanistan as a reason. It's not the reason. Okay, the real reason is anything but that, all right? The real reason is that he is way too close to the Russian investigation, and it's way too close to Biden, and it's way too close to Hillary Clinton. They will sacrifice Sullivan if they've got to, and that's why Democrats are now starting to say that they've lost confidence in him because they got to set it up to just flat out get rid of him. Now, this is just one of the problems Democrats are having right now. Their other problem is now Democrats are revealing that they're also frustrated with Biden's attorney general, Merrick Garland. Why? Because they need to get rid of some people so that people won't blame Joe Biden going into the midterms. These are these are the sacrificial lambs of Biden's failures. We also have this ridiculous move by Biden saying we're going to investigate the high prices and the high prices that we're seeing right now at the gas pump. And we're going to investigate it. You're the one that caused it, dude. You're literally the one that caused it. You undid all the pro- all all of the things that gave us energy independent under Donald Trump. You undid all of it. You unraveled all of it right away. And now you want to know why gas prices are through the roof? What did you think was going to happen, man? And then you want to make the American people believe that this isn't your fault, that you're not the one that actually did this? Come on.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Democrats right now have a problem when you have Biden babbling like a moron and saying stupid things because they're all up for re-election in the House. And half of the Senate's going to be up for re-election, which is majority Democrats, and it's a very, very thin margin, as you know. And so when Joe Biden comes out and he's like, oh, I'm going to request an investigation of high gas prices, this is, this is a political stunt that is not even a good one. Like some political stunts are actually a good one. All, all, all the fingers are going to point back to Joe Biden. Uh, you, you did this, sir. You undid every policy that gave us energy independence that Donald Trump did. You did that. This is why prices have gone through the roof. It's your fault. There's no reason to investigate it because you're the one that did it. Like, this is literally on you. You did it. But to, to come out there and to say, I'm going to have an investigation, use taxpayers' dollars to investigate a problem that you actually created also tells you what he thinks about the American people. He actually truly, genuinely believes that we are so stupid that we will somehow believe that the guy who created the problem is somehow on our team, on our side. That somehow the idiot that did this is going to investigate himself and then get somebody in trouble for what he did. 
Representative Arrington had this to say about this on Fox Business. Take a listen. OPEC has said no to increasing the supply. Back to you. Edward Lawrence at the White House. Thank you, Edward. I want to hear from Texas about this. You tell me that it's the oil companies that are responsible for high gas prices. I want to know what Texas thinks. Ideally, we have Jody Arrington with us, a Republican from the state of Texas. He joins me now. What do you make of this? The president blames the oil companies. Go for it. Well, Stu, I, I have never seen such political cowardice in my career. Uh, this is an abuse of power for the president of the United States to uh, call for an investigation and weaponize the fourth branch of government to go after an industry that has given us low energy prices for consumers. It is one of the reasons why we are the economic envy of the world and, of course, energy independence. It's one thing for him to have a philosophical disagreement with fossil fuels, but uh, this uh, this is beyond the pale for a leader of the greatest country in the world. And obviously he needs a lesson on Economics 101. When you tax something or regulate something or both, you get less of it. You get less of it, it's gonna cost more. This, this inflation crisis across the board and especially with prices at the pump are self-inflicted. He has to own this uh, and any leader worth their salt would, but I suspect he won't. And uh, listen, the FTC, by the way, is responsible for unfair and deceptive practices. They ought to investigate the president for the, for the false claims and the deception to accuse this industry of something that, that he created. Joe Biden did create it, but now he's going to use the government to investigate what he created, which is high gas prices. And the media, by the way, they're going to do everything they can to help him out. I'll give you a great example. Joy Reid on MSNBC said maybe one of the dumbest things I've ever heard, talking to the Native American Indian, Elizabeth Warren. Most of you get that joke. You're laughing right now. Joy Reid actually asked this question. How is it the gas prices still went up even when people were staying home? That's how dumb they are over at MSNBC. Families. And, and look, here's another thing, because a lot of people are really upset about gas prices. But people weren't driving for a year... And, how, and somehow gas prices still went up. There have been some calls to investigate these oil companies because also they don't really like Build Back Better either because it deals with their issues on the environment. But how is it that when people stayed home for a year, suddenly the price of gas went up? Can you explain yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. So, so come on, Joy. We know- by, by the way, this is, the, this is Joy Reid, and this is what she's saying on national TV. Everybody stay at home, so gas prices should stay cheap. Well, if the rest of the world opens back up and you have less production it's the same reason why hell everybody was staying home and what what happened with clorox wipes right what happened with everything in the pipeline if you make less of it and then people collude against you in the middle east to make the prices skyrocket what the hell did you think was going to happen did you really think that prices weren't were going to just like tank because only in America, we weren't driving while the rest of the world was driving. I mean, there, there's so many different ways to analyze how stupid this actually is. But this is how they're going to sell this, right? Well, I mean, gas prices went up even when people were staying at home. How's that happen? Sounds like we need to investigate these evil, evil oil companies. No. <laughs> You're, you put a guy in office. You supported him who undid everything that made us energy independent. We are now totally dependent on OPEC and foreign oil. You shut down the Keystone Pipeline. 
They decide to make it hurt and screw us. That's what's happening right now. Doesn't matter if people are driving or not, you moron. But this is liberal logic. This is liberal logic. This is a real moment on TV, a real conversation. And this is how you mind warp at half of the country to believe that somehow Joe Biden didn't do this. A lot of people are really upset about gas prices. But people weren't driving for a year and how and somehow gas prices still went up. There have been some calls to investigate these oil companies because also they don't really like Build Back Better either because it deals with their issues on the environment. But how is it that when people stayed home for a year, suddenly the price of gas went up? Can you explain yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. So, so come on, Troy. We know exactly who the oil companies, what the oil companies pay attention to, what is their number one priority, profits. And so think about it this way. If we really, this were just ordinary inflation, we might see prices go up, but prices at the pump have gone up. Why? Well, let me, let me give you a hint. Uh, Chevron, Exxon have doubled their profits. This isn't about inflation. This is about price gouging for these guys. So, I- so now we're accusing them of price gouging. You guys took away all of our ability to control the price of the marketplace. And now you want to go back and say it's all big oil's fault. So you attack big oil and you investigate them because you shut down everything in this country. Now, here's the other part that's so funny about all of this. While this is happening... The Biden administration just sold offshore oil leases despite a campaign pledge to never do it. Environmentalists are fuming after the Department of Interior auctioned leases to drill for oil in an 80 million acre section of the Gulf of Mexico on Wednesday morning. The Bureau of Ocean Energy Management sold 308 tracks covering 1.7 million acres of fossil fuel giants such as Chevron and ExxonMobil are the ones at bottom, the ones that we're now accusing of being the worst people in the world. Now, you want to know why the Biden administration did this? Because they need gas prices to come down a little bit, and they realize they screwed up. Quote, this morning was met with extreme disappointment, depleted hope, and shattered trust. So the legal director for Friends of the Earth had said in a statement, the Biden administration has opted to move forward with relinquishing all remaining parcels of the Gulf of Mexico to oil and gas interests. Decisions based on unlawful analysis that ignores climate change and the serious environmental injustice posed to the Gulf's frontline communities. We are left aghast at the administration and how they have ignored its clear authority to defer the sale. And our final hope lies with the federal court to remedy these violations. Why did Joe Biden do this? He decided to make the action because he desperately needs and Democrats running for reelection in 2022 need the prices to come down. Now, they can't just be so obvious as saying, screw it, we're going to reopen the Keystone Pipeline. But what they can do is start getting some drilling out there, and they're selling to the same people they're saying and accusing of price gouging us. You can't make it up. They sold these leases on the same day that Elizabeth Warren went on propaganda TV and tells you that the real problem is the companies that we just sold these oil lease rights to. Only in America... Can the people be this stupid and the media pull this crap off? Uh, Chevron, Exxon have doubled their profits. This isn't about inflation. This is about price gouging. So on the same day you're saying this, you just sold off oil and gas leases to Chevron and Exxon. If you agree with me that this doesn't make sense, you're, you're brilliant. They're lying to you. 
That's what they're doing. They are flat out lying to you the same way that they lie to you about mass mandates, the same way they lie to you about, you know, following their own rules. I mean, look at Pelosi caught. This is the greatest headline ever. I'll say it again. Pelosi was caught partying at a swingers bar. And one big thing was missing. Her mask. She was with another congresswoman at a swingers bar and neither of them had their masks on when there's a mask mandate in Washington, D.C. You can't make it up, can you? It's a swingers bar she's at. What's Pelosi doing tonight? Got her mask off at the swingers bar? Really? Yep. I, I, I'm trying to figure out what's more newsworthy, the swingers bar that Pelosi's at or the mask? Same Democratic Party that will tell you that we must investigate Chevron and Exxon for price gouging is selling them leases on the same exact day. If you're Chevron or Exxon right now, you've got to be laughing your AWS off. That how stupid the Biden administration is. When they literally come out and they're like, well, they're, they're price gouging. We're going to investigate them. Hey, you guys, I want to buy some oil leases in the Gulf real quick. We're going to open those up. We need you guys to start producing fast. Can you please hurry up and start producing quickly? We really need your help here. Right? We, we, we need your help here very quickly. We got to get this going before the... <laughs> we got to get this going quick, folks. We got to get this going before Election Day because we're in serious trouble otherwise. The Democratic Party is on fire right now. So is the media, and not in a good way. They are in serious trouble. I hope every one of you will grab this podcast and you'll share it on social media. I hope every one of you will hit that little forward button and put it on Twitter, on Facebook, Instagram, wherever you put your stuff. I hope you'll text it to your family and friends. See you back here tomorrow. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. A couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.